Vital Educators podcast is hosted by self-development coach, investor, and renowned educator, Ahmed Saqib. Ahmed will speak to fellow educators, young professionals, ordinary people like you and me about their life choices that allowed them to become successful in their careers. He will also delve deeper into the psychology and their perception of success, the good, bad, and the ugly. For young students, he will discuss techniques to help you with your learning and development. Ahmed is committed to helping you determine what you want to do in life. He will share his own life experiences of self-discovery and self-realization that has led him to launch this venture. So this podcast is for anyone who wants to know more about various paths to becoming successful in any profession or passion. Hi guys, it's Ahmed here from Vital Educators. Uh, so it's been about two weeks since I have actually recorded a podcast and I just didn't know how to get this information out to you uh, because I wanted to have somebody on so, so that I can have somebody to speak to. Um, this has been a very difficult time for me and I know for the rest of you as well. So I just thought it was a good idea for me to bring back my good old friend Zada uh, back onto the podcast. Um, I did my first two episodes with him uh, and uh, I've, I've had absolutely amazing time with him. So I thought it would be a good idea for me to bring him on and we can discuss the economic impact of COVID-19 on the current um, scenario that we're living in right now. So Zada, thank you very much uh, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Okay, so what do you what do you make of the current climate in terms of from an economical perspective, from an economical impact? What do you make of uh, what's happening in, uh, in 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 the economy right now? I think it's um, I mean the, the the cliche term is unprecedented. It's an unprecedented time simply because there's not just an economic problem, but there's also a physical problem in the world. Mm. Uh, most of the economic problems we've had have been because of theoretical economic issues coming into fruition, whereas this is a literal biological attack from a virus. Attack, not attack as in like an intentional attack, but a, bi- a biological problem um, that has caused the economic problem. And mm. then on top of that, there's an underlying economic issue as well, which, is, uh, which has been amplified by the, by the virus. Uh, mm. Should I carry on? Yeah, of course. Just say what you, yeah, you so want to say. Don't worry about it. If I, if I, so if I explain myself properly, um, mm-hmm. if uh, large businesses in particular were good with their money and they didn't reinvest the entirety of their money or not even necessarily reinvest but pay off this to shareholders so much and they had such little in reserve, then they would have had a few months... Uh, uh, a, a nest egg they call it so they would have had mm. money saved in the kitty so that mm. if something like this happened and always something like this does happen mm. uh, not necessarily this to this extent but there's always a problem isn't there in the world then mm-hmm. um they would have had a few months reserves uh, and so that but they you call this paying the wages of the employers mm. but you call this uh, this these times unprecedented why do you refer to this as unprecedented but in the following sentence you say that they should have been more prepared but so by they, I mean businesses. A biological issue. 
it's, mm. it's unprecedented because it's a biological issue on top of a financial mm. issue. So mm. I say our, not that I'm a big businessman, but as humanity, our like capitalistic, our ego greediness and our desire mm. to not think too much about the future and just say, okay, we'll make whatever money we can now and not save anything. That mm. is a it's a it's a public problem as well as a as a as a big business problem. Like it's a, almost everyone is suffering from no cash reserves. And is whose fault is that? At the end of the day, like we buy stupid things all the time before we save mm. up for our next meal. You know what's the statistic mm. that almost every person is one month away from from being homeless? That's true. That shouldn't be true. true. Um, mm. And so businesses operate in the same way. Like they 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 don't have reserves. Now, I'm not talking about small businesses, especially new startups. It's not their fault. They're just new startups at the end of the day. It takes years, mm. decades to build up cash reserves. But it should be an intention. And there doesn't seem to be any desire to do that by big businesses. Um, and there's an underlying reason for that. It's because they've been shown time and time again. Sorry, I'm not answering your question. So you asked no, why no, it's unprecedented. Fine. So we have that economical problem. But on top of that, we have this massive worldwide shutdown, which has never mm. happened before for this long. I mm. don't think other than a war even the wars were only well world wars were pretty were pretty world uh encompassing uh but mm. this virus i'd say is even more encompassing because every single country isn't shut down near enough um mm. whereas the world war is more of a european kind of thing um mm. anyway so that's why it's unprecedented as for the economic aspect of it um there's the fact that they didn't save anything uh but on top of that they Almost, this is almost intentional perspective to that because we keep bailing out big companies mm. and why do we bail them out we bail them out because we physically need the the services aeroplanes mm. banks and things like that the governments have convinced themselves that they need these things and it's probably true to an extent that we do need aeroplanes we do need banks we need various sectors of the of the country to be functioning mm. now the governments sorry rather the, the companies know that they're needed and therefore they know that they have to be bailed out eventually. Mm. And so they continue to operate on these tight margins, knowing that at least if we if if things mess up, then we have the governments to back us up because they can't just not back us up. Then what happens? No aeroplanes. Mm. It doesn't make sense. And people will lose their jobs. And so is it... Is, uh, yeah, it's not so much... Well, it's the fact that people lose their jobs, but ultimately the, the entire sector needs to function. Like small mm. businesses can't operate without loans. Mortgages can't happen without loans. Um, goods can't be trafficked without airplanes and lorries, things of that nature. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So in order to keep the... So you're basically what you're trying to say is that companies are um, careless when it comes to building up cash reserves because they are, they operate on an assumption that if there, if there was something that was to happen to them, the the government will always bail them out by, by putting more money into the economy, money that can be made out of thin air by increasing the inflation rate for more than 2 and 3%. Is that what you is that what you're trying to say, basically, right? Basically, yeah. Basically. Okay. So, so if I was to turn around and say, well, uh, there is a there. Uh, although I agree with you, although I agree with what you're trying to say, but uh, there are certain companies that have done that repeatedly, like Thomas Cook. Uh, for the past 150 years, they have been operating within the UK, and UK has tried 
their very best to bail them out every single time whenever they go near liquidity. But this year, uh, or actually it was last year in October, they were not bailed out by the by the by the by the government, and that's why they went into complete liquidity because of that issue. So. I think, like mm. you said, the companies need to act a bit more responsibly, and they don't. I mean, I was reading in the in the uh, in the news the other day that uh, Federal Reserve just printed out two trillion dollars and they pumped it into the economy, and they they reduced the interest rates down to zero percent. We're going into negative zero percent interest. That means businesses will be borrowing money, and banks will pay businesses to borrow money. So we're we're getting to mm. that stage right yeah. now, and that's when you and I were talking. We're talking about deflation. It might end up becoming a deflationary stage. Um, and and uh, once that happens, that won't cause uh, you can. Okay. Hello. Okay. So what would cause a deflation then? Yeah. Hello. Hey, by the way, your the audio quality isn't that great, you know. But we'll try it anyway. We'll see what happens. My audio quality so, um, isn't great. Uh, well, okay. that will cause inflation, obviously. Yeah. Well, that will cause inflation. So if someone prints yeah. money, the money that you have left in your drawer is worth less because. There's so much excess of it everywhere else, um, especially if you encourage it by essentially paying businesses a small amount of money to take more money. Mm. Then, of course, mm. um, uh, loads of people have, especially big businesses, will have loads of money to to do what they want with. Um, so that causes inflation, but it's but, not as simple as you, that because the whole you... physical world is locked down. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm. So carry on. That's what I was going to say. But do you think uh, a borrowing, increasing the amount of borrowing by these businesses will have a negative or positive impact on the economy? What's your take on that? Well, it's, it's necessary. It's, it's a good thing that uh, money is being pumped out. It's because we need an incentive for people to spend money. But the problem is that it's not going to work because um, this isn't a... Remember, this is a biological problem. So we can throw all the money in the world at it. People are still don't want to die. They still don't want to leave their homes. Uh, well, it's not that they don't want to. They can't in it. It's, it's not healthy to leave your home and, and, and go back to work, especially mm. for non-essential services. And so it's not a money problem. So the money is necessary to print out because less people are spending money. So we want to encourage some level of spending, whatever is possible. Mm. However, that's probably going to be counteracted by the fact that there's lost production because people can't go to work regardless of what happens. So the theory is, or the calculation should have been by the Fed, and I hope that they've done it right, is that um, it equals each other out. So there's 1% or 2% inflation, which is the aim anyway, because that just generally is a good economic idea. Um, mm. And then hopefully no economic problem has happened. Okay. If they didn't do it, in other words, but, if they didn't, if they didn't mm -hmm. um, pump out all this money, then when everyone mm -hmm. would have left work, uh, everyone goes back to work in six months or five months or whatever long it's going to be, there'll be no money left. Everyone would have hoarded everything uh, in mm -hmm. their drawers and in the banks. No one spends any, spend any money, and then it will be a dry economy. Like no one would, everyone would be poor basically. The shops will have no business. But that's what I'm no saying. One have business. If you, whereas if, if you have, yeah, if you lock. If you lock people in their houses, right? If you lock them in their houses, and uh, you, to you, and then you give money to businesses so they stay afloat, right? The expenditure does not really go high because 
people are just locked inside so they have there's not a real way for them to really ex- spend that money and because they are uh, scared this of losing their point. jobs in the future they are more they're hoarding more of of that cash for a longer period of time so they can sustain an uneven time that they are anticipating in the future so what's the solution to this problem how do we counteract the mindset of the people that they will whatever money we give them they're going to save it we want them to spend the money that's why we're giving them the money how do we do this how do we go around this uh, problem that's not necessarily true it depends on like we're kind of generalizing for the entire population now so we want people to spend money who have money we don't want people to become broke and bankrupt because the majority of people are on the verge of bankruptcy bankruptcy right now um mm. and so i think the real solution would be to give the money directly to individuals that's basically what they're doing with universal credit that's exactly the point but the question is is that sufficient and this comes back to the chat we had uh, a couple of weeks ago about um, universal basic basic income and how mm-hmm. uh, I remember back then, I don't know if you changed your opinion on it or not, but you said that it encourages <laughs> laziness and this other other, whereas from what I was reading, and I'm, like I said, I'm not a professional economist, I'm just, you know, average Joe, but um, the idea is that it incentivizes creativity and spending and productivity and you wanted to get out of the house and you wanted to do what you want to do. And this is a yep. prime opportunity to see how that works. Well, so, so I mean, how would you how would you see that? Given the fact that because you said it's a health crisis as well, and people are not allowed to go out, are you suggesting that people should uh, be made to lose their jobs and be on universal income so we can see how they do? Is that what you're saying? Afterwards, how no, they no, get no. back on their so, feet? There's two issues, aren't there? So there's two issues yep. happening simultaneously. The yep. first issue is a biological problem, which is mm-hmm. up to the scientists to fix. Like mm-hmm. that's. Government policy can only go so far. And mm-hmm. even us locking ourselves down can only go so far. Um, that's a biological problem. That's a separate issue. And the, se- the, the other issue we talk about is the economic issue and the desire to spend money, which of course will increase even with online shopping or even with people finding a way to spend their money. Is if you give everyone a lot more money now, then they'll be, they'll be more trusting in themselves that if they spend this money, they'll have some leftover. Because spending is based mm. on trust. And if you can't even trust yourself, you think if I spend £100 this week, that's it, I've got nothing left. Then, And no, no money's coming in from the government or from any any source. Then why would you spend that money? Of course you wouldn't. Uh, whereas if you got £1,000 coming in every week, for example, obviously that's excessive amount of money, but I'll give you an example. You, you know, you get four, four grand a month, doesn't matter what you're doing. And then you might get taxed that if you earn on top of that, you get ta- it gets taxed back to the government essentially then you say oh it doesn't matter i've got enough money coming in and out let's spend this money let's let's do stuff with it mm-hmm. so that's the whole idea of universal basic income obviously i've given you a really large number the number isn't, isn't supposed to be that large but it's enough that mm-hmm. you feel comfortable to spend and comfortable to sort your life out so that you don't become bankrupt interesting so um okay and uh, you're saying that this is the best time to practice that right uh, well, it's already being practiced whether we like it or not. So universal credit is going out to everyone. 80% of people's wages are being paid. For what? They're not doing anything. Yeah, I was going to explain so that. So, so 
so, so if you're self-employed from so for those who are listening mm. if you're self-employed you can get 94.25 pounds per week in the UK and uh, you can go to the .gov website to find more information about that if you're also self-employed you can get an employment and support allowance which is 73 pounds per week and and if you're also self self-employed you can get a deferred income tax from 2000 uh, 2020 this year and 2021 so for the whole year you can defer your vat and tax plan um and then for all the employees so that's the self-employed part done if you're an employee you can get a, like zada said you can get 80% of your wage completely paid off um your you you there's something called a covid job retention scheme which means that you get to keep all of your jobs and 80% of your salary gets gets paid um for everyone so there's a 500 million pound hardship fund that's been given out to all the councils so anybody who's actually in financial difficulty can access this fund by contacting their own individual councils so and then again like zada um, and i were discussing this cuz both of us have businesses for businesses there are grants um uh, uh on uh, on anyone who pays any of the business rate reliefs anyone who has business rates you can get uh, grants up to 25000 pounds uh uh um uh, for the whole year which means we don't need to actually pay any of it back so there's a lot this government is doing um to make sure that the people are fully protected in this current climate and uh, there's no uncertainty uh, whatsoever and we kind of ride out this period rather than going into a recession but the question becomes zada despite of all this government effort do you think we'll go into a recession or would we not i I've I've watched videos on this topic and they said that even professional economists have no idea. Like mm-hmm. no sorry I take that back. We are going into a recession that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Meaning what what is a recession is recession is where the the markets contract. It's nothing to do with um household by household what's happening. It means the stock market what's going on with the stock market and are people yeah. pulling out their funds and the answer mm-hmm. is yes like, that's definitely happening. Um and by people, the way even uh, big for... businesses are less rel- yeah so so the the true definition of recession is that there is bear market so low economic growth or no economic growth uh, or economic decline for 6 months or two financial quarters consecutively that's how you define okay. a, an actual recession so uh, you can the stock market can still go down for a couple of months but it can still come back up again and we won't categorize that as a recession we need two continuous quarters of no economic growth to categorize this as a recession and do you think we'll get that do you think if this carries on and it looks like it to from my perspective and from your perspective as well if we're stayed in our household till june july um the next quarter will obviously end in june july so i think we will most mm. definitely hit that recession period and the question becomes is in the, uh, that how long this period will last for how long will it take for the people to retrust the market and start spending money back into the market buying more companies and more stocks basically now uh from what i have seen uh from 2008 recession do you know how long that lasted for zada do you know how long that that whole period lasted for nah 18 um, months 18 months serious? so for 18 yeah for 18 months uh people were jobless uh pe- there was economic crisis 
since obviously we were in college and or school so we had no idea what was going on but uh, people were feeling the effect of uh, a downwards economy and a poor job market basically and obviously it was the housing crisis mm. that time was there was no health crisis it was the housing crisis so housing market had crashed yeah. and people were losing houses left right and center before that it was in 2001 when there was a dot com crash and uh, we went into uh, mm. a, a, a a recession for 8 months because because there was a dot com bubble there's new companies were coming in in early 2000s and some of them were completely bogus so people were throwing money away buying these companies until realizing that these companies were going into liquidation going going bust every 2 seconds so people lost faith in the market and everybody started pulling out and uh, so these were the two yeah. recent memories of uh, contractions or uh, bear markets that i can recall but uh, if if i'm looking at uh, all the research that i have done since 1900s to 2008 since 1900s to 2008 right we yeah. only had 367 de- yeah. actual days of bear market so only 367 hmm. so that's basically a, a one whole year of bear market but but uh, after 2008 yeah. the housing market collapse was 18 months long so which was longer than 367 days in total do you understand mm-hmm. yeah i'm with you yeah so it was a massive two, opportunity it was yeah yeah basically yeah and we are on the verge and, of and, that and a devastation to the average person exactly and we're on the verge of that right now but i think what's confusing for people to understand uh, and what's weird is that before taxpayers bailed out the bankers which means that people in especially in this country paid 136 billion dollars out of their own pocket to make sure the banks are 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 saved essentially including the rbs scandal that we also know about as well but uh, uh what's going to happen this time uh this time what what can happen is that companies who are making these viral vaccines uh, big pharmaceutical companies they can go into li- liquidation so rather than bailing out the banks we could be bailing out the pharmaceutical companies who knows so you know it's uh, well, it's, it's not that it's simple f- we'll bail out whoever whoever needs money is and whoever is deemed necessary for the for yeah the you say yeah but the thing is if you look at almost. you're right you're right but we didn't look at we, uh, we didn't consider uh, especially the, the the governments did not consider that uh, that an average man it's uh, it's taxing for average man for be, to be able to bail out a bank that have just irresponsibly loaned out money to people Do you, does that make sense to you So if uh, if you are a bank yeah. and I, I ask you f- to give me 100k and you have not done any checks from your side and you give me 100k now I can't pay you back but now the government comes in and says that x man is going to pay you back now because I can't pay you back does that make sense that's essentially what happened yeah, in 2008 well, I know that but the point is that we didn't bother Well, I say we didn't bother, but essentially we didn't vote for the people who cared enough. Uh, do you think we? And so we didn't have. Here's here's a problem. Here's Go a on. problem. Here's Go like on. a dilemma from the government's perspective. Go on. If the government clamps down on these businesses like Labour wants them to do and becomes mm. very strict and says you have to make sure you pay all your tax and you have to be a perfect company, blah 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 blah, then the companies will be less incentivized to actually set up shop here. They'll say, okay, we'll go to another country because you guys are being too complicated. Um, and you're especially after brexit now your your country isn't even worth it anymore we'll go to france instead you know and so france will therefore have to 
be tempted to say, we'll be more relaxed with you as long as you give us some profit. That's better than nothing. And therefore, set up shop here. And if they don't say it, then Spain will say it or so, and someone else will say it. And they, they can still operate from that country and spread their product to international waters. It's not it's not a problem. So that's one issue. And that's essentially the, the, the stance we took was a lenient stance. Said, okay, fine. Uh, we know you're doing dodgy stuff. The Panama Papers were released. All these all these things have been released, showing time and time again the businesses aren't, aren't being totally honest. Um, I say businesses, not all businesses, some businesses. Hmm. However, um, we 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 took the gamble and we said, okay, fine. Like it's better than having no businesses here. And uh, that's that's a dilemma. Hmm. But um, if I so let me give an example. So Iceland did not do that iceland said we won't bail the bankers out we so we will let those banks go into liquidation so now we look at that their economy i understand what happened afterwards as well their economy still is it boomed after that the reason it boomed is because people still entrusted their government that they will do the right thing now that does not happen mm. all across the world it only happened in countries scandinavian countries such as iceland like i'm saying so yeah. Your your point does make sense, but at the same time, uh, evidence suggests that their their economy grew. Who's to say that our economy economy won't grow if we take this strong stance against those people who will who 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 will who will cheat us basically? Yeah, I mean, there's no, banking itself is a question about how useful it is. Uh, I think we've kind of been duped into believing that it's essential, but. There, there is such a thing as a nationalized bank, meaning the government is the bank. However, I am nowhere near competent enough to understand it and to debate the, the pros and cons of, of such a system. But uh, I just know that you, they, that is an idea. Hmm. The, to be honest with you, the only thing that you that, that we all need to know is that the banks has have the ability, the main big banks have the ability to print money out of thin air. Okay, so uh, no, and, the and they banks pump will print it. money. Um, okay, who prints the money then? Don't they? I thought I thought the government prints the money and the banks take it off the. Government. Yeah, but the thing is, you said a national bank. I'm referring to that bank. I'm referring to so, for example, oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, US. Yeah. So USA have a federal reserve system. So they have a system where yeah. there's federal reserve, which isn't federal at all, which means that they literally say it on their website that they are not a government entity, but they call themselves federal reserve, which is ironic. Um, so anytime a government mm. needs money, government uh, uh, asks the federal reserve uh, or they uh, uh, to loan them the money. So the federal reserve then writes a check for X amount of money and that gets pumped into the economy. And then that money gets loaned out to different businesses so they can stay afloat. And that's what's going on right now. So Fed, in two, this is amazing, in two weeks since this whole thing started, two weeks ago, pumped in $2 trillion. That's trillion with 12 zeros. That's how much money that they put in to the economy after after this covid-19 crisis and everything just shut down and employment rate has skyrocketed in america to 15% that means 3.3 million people lost their job in an absolute instant right now so that's why they're trying to revive the economy and like i said to you before that the uh, in negative interest rates they're looking at that 0% interest rate looking at that so 
this is the problem that we're dealing with right now some people actually are, are saying that we're kind of getting going into stagflation where the economy is going down as you can see and the inflation is going up as we can see the oil prices are going down and there's unstable interest rates so we don't know what's going to happen and people are continuously losing jobs so the faith in the economy is an absolute low at the moment so the question becomes moving forward how do you see this cl- current climate uh, do you see this current climate staying the same for a long period of time or do you expect it to change uh, because the virus won't be here forever i mean it's like let's say a maximum of a two year problem which is a very very long time mm-hmm. but um we know that and we can have a mental cut off point so the, the it's not mistrusting the economy as such it's more um overcoming this calamity which is a biological problem do you know the why economy, they did... people don't mistrust it hmm. but do you know do you know why they, just they don't did... have any money but do, why are they pumping in 2 trillion dollars into the, dollars into the economy why do you think that is well i guess to to hope that this is this is that classical uh, recent problem where we give the rich people more money rather than the poor people money directly no no from an economic down. fair enough but from an economic standpoint it was because so imagine your economy is working at 100% imagine you have 100 pounds into yeah. the economy right now yeah and news of this virus breaks out and uh, people who have invested that so say three people have invested or four people invested into uh, into the into the economy so they are making up that 100 pounds so they've made 100 pounds of economy right now yeah four people yeah three of them leave it leave the economy yeah. so three of them decide they're not going to be in so they're going to take their 25 25 25 pounds and now the mm. economy is worth 25 pounds from 100 pounds correct okay you understand yeah, that yeah. yeah so so economy is worth 20 yeah. so these guys are pumping in 2 trillion dollars hoping that this money will stay in the economy this won't really get trickled mm. down but what's happening now even after putting in the money this fake money that they have printed out out of thin air right yeah, even yeah, if yeah. they've done that economy is still tanking economy is still so they've just lost out on that 2 trillion in an instant because they are not learning from well, they didn't lose it really they have because it's people who have invested into them withdrawing their money yeah people exactly that's the whole point so what they were hoping for is people to not withdraw their money people to keep staying into in in the economy and ride this period out so it's what they what they're saying is that they put the economy on standby and so so that when this whole crisis goes away they can restart where they left off and that's not what's happening that's not what's happening at all so they are in a in a position where they don't know what to do and everybody's everyone especially the stock market is extremely panicking right now and there are people i've had loads of questions mm-hmm. i mean couple of people couple of young people who are your age and my age who listen to this podcast are uh, actually listening to our uh, or uh, was listening to my one of my previous episodes and they were very um uh, they were very the requesting of me making an episode on on this topic hence why i thought it was a good idea for me to uh, speak to you about it i mean uh, mm. some of these things are completely uh, mind boggling to me uh, I, like i said i was reading about this that before check this out bro so from 1913 mm. to 1919 right Uh, 1913 yeah. to 1919 this is world war 1 the inflation rate yeah, exactly. was at 19% which means that the, mm. the 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 americans were printing out uh, uh, money and that was driving down the cost of goods by 19% okay mm, yeah yeah 
and then after mm-hmm. that uh, they 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 went through a deflation period which means that they took the money b- yeah. back from the people and they 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 made the money money's value go back to where it was essentially so there were some deflationary mm-hmm. periods as well but then world war 2 came mm-hmm. and then there was a 13% inflation so there was a 19% inflation. But you missed out the great depression there was a great depression in the, yeah they are obviously uh, I haven't I haven't written that down so i'm not, i'm not sure yeah. when uh, uh, how much uh, inflation or how much problem there was i pr- i presumed the great depression was straight after world war 1 right I'm pretty sure it was in the 20s they said the roaring 20s wasn't it yeah so so ro- exactly great. so that's after one world, world war 1 uh, yeah exactly Yeah so people so it, no no it was uh, just yeah it was just before yeah i remember now it was just before uh world war 2 and it was what before. led hitler to take over and he was like wow. oh look i'll i'll give you guys jobs uh, and they put he put everyone to work and everyone's like yeah this is good he made his build bridges and uh, stuff oh okay okay makes sense yeah, makes so it's 1929 okay. to 1933 mm. and then you have the w- war from 1935 no 1939 to 1945 okay makes sense So why was there great depression then if it was yeah. it was oh, okay this was after great depression I so get it. I get it So I was watching no no the great depression was from 1929 to 1933 now no one knows yeah, why the then, great depression happened basically you had the roaring 20s where everyone's like loving life and spending loads of money and everyone was mm-hmm. uh jumping in the stock market it was a new kind of idea that the common man could do this so everyone was 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 having a good time and making loads and loads of money and then mm-hmm. something must have happened that people just stopped trusting it and no one's sure why exactly but they thought maybe it's good to be too good to be true at this point no one knows but uh, people stop started withdrawing their money and then there's a massive mm. crash interesting yeah okay. so, and, and then and that after was, that Hit- uh, like hitler really came in bad. and he said he will revive the economy and he convinced the germans or the people of germany to 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 basically go and attack and i don't know what uh, that is that probably why he said um that the jews are to be blamed for this great depression and that's why we should kill all the jews is that what his whole is that where the idea I, comes I from i haven't read his I, i haven't read his book so i'm not sure i don't know <laughs> you haven't read his book But, um, i haven't he... read hitler's book <laughs> yeah so i don't know like I, i don't i don't understand hitler's anyway the, Jews, the whole point he hates the jews Yeah, of course. But the but the whole point of me mentioning these two periods to you is the fact that during all this time your money, our money was backed by the gold standard, which means that everything was backed by gold. So how much of this money it buys how much of gold? Everything was backed by gold, but in 1970s richard nixon came came in uh, who's who was a us president uh, at that time and he convinced the whole world to and he took us uh, away from the gold standard into uh, to the dollar standard he said that everything all the w- world's money will be, will be backed by the dollar and who owns the dollar so whoever owns the dollar owns the world economy and since then to this day mm. america rules the world economy because however money uh, so it's like a ripple effect so whatever happens in america good or bad trickles down into other other um, other other countries because they all trade in dollar everything is traded in dollar so they and that's why if mm. i if i if i if you if you listen to gaddafi's um 
I'm going, going to go a bit political now as well. Gaddafi's speech mm. in 2012, he explicitly said that the reason we are um, an economic slave to America is because of the fact that we are still trading in this dollar and they have taken us away from the gold standard. And when they went into recession, we went into recession. So ideally, we should actually create our own African currency and get this African mm. currency should be backed by the gold standard. And after that, of course, you know what happened. It's a bit of a simplistic view of the world, though, isn't it? Because if it was that simple, I mean, the dollar is a representation of power because Americans are powerful. If the Americans weren't powerful, then no one would care what they think. And so if Gaddafi wanted to make an African standard, which he did, then no one cared and America walked over him because they're powerful. So ultimately, it's just a representation of power, isn't it? Money. And it's a represent, representation of what you want. You're right. But at the end of the day, um, a, a whole, the whole point is that uh, it's, all, it's, it's like uh, causing a, rev- a revolution at the end of the day. Uh, because if all these African countries uh, join together and then they actually uh, become, collectively, they become a powerhouse like Europe, okay, they'll be a force mm, to reckon with. Yeah. Do you understand? So they, they'll have their own microeconomy. They probably even have a currency that they can easily trade with, with, with one another. They'll have uh, specific trade agreements. They'll have... Uh, Who would um, want that? Who, which, which big government would want that? Another competitor in the world market? That's, that's exactly Why would America what, be happy about that? That's Why would the whole America point? be happy that China is becoming uh, powerful now? They're not happy that's, about it. And so that, this, is, right. this is a simple tribal problem. This is not like a deep philosophical problem is simple it's that one tribe wants to be dominant the other tribes want to be dominant as well but the current dominant one is winning yeah but the thing is when richard nixon introduced the uh, the this this uh taking us off the gold standard and putting us into the dollar when he introduced that no one bat an eye because everybody thought at that point that nixon put in the case look it's easy to trade in one currency there's no so if i come to you and say i have two shackles and you say i have three yens there is no way for us to do we have to go to the gold and look at the gold and then do the transactions and how much my money would buy this much gold your money will buy that much gold and because gold is in limited supply we can't do trade properly so nixon basically said why not we just forget the gold and just start trading in dollars and he obviously mm. at that point people did not think the world leaders did not think that this guy is kind of playing us because he will make sure that our our uh, um, uh, that he can print out as mu- he did, they didn't know that he, they can print out as much dollar as they want to drive down different yeah. do you know this do you know this a loaf of bread in zimbabwe cost 35 million zimbabwean do- dollars yeah, 35 no, no. million is it still true now was that it's true back uh, in the bro, day? They, uh, now now you can you 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 need to in order for you to buy a loaf of bread you <laughs> you need to have a massive trailer your wheelbarrow of money just to buy a loaf of bread yeah, in zimbabwe so it's and the same goes in uh, with Nicolas Maduro in um, in uh, in in uh, in Venezuela. Venezuela. Yeah, same thing. And mm-hmm. that's why Colombians are accepting Venezuelans because they don't have any jobs, nothing, zero, nada, zilch. Yeah. So it's um, well. The point is, the point is, we can print money, but we have to avoid inflation, isn't it? That's no, no, no. So no, we no. have to avoid excessive inflation. No, no, we, yeah, inflation. Yeah, yeah. We, so, inflation is good. Don't get me wrong. Inflation is good because it encourages spending. And the golden rule that they came up with after going through so many contractions and expansions is that two to three percent every year is safe. Is a safe number. 
if everything yeah. goes afloat nothing happens 2 to 3% is good because then it uh, pe- people have the idea that okay if i keep my money safe if i keep my money to close to my chest it will lose value so i have to spend it and they don't spend it enough so they know that they have enough saved mm. so 2 to 3% is is the golden number to go for on average basically I, but I, right I, now actually a question go on so all of this is just like we're kind of just like um guessing and postulating and thinking of what the state of the world is and that's fine mm-hmm. but i don't mm-hmm. think it's particularly useful. useful what i think is okay. more useful to a person is what the heck should i do as an average joe that's what we're going to go on to now excellent question i love it i love it i love how this is uh, uh, going into right now i love it beautiful so um first before we even understand this uh, the the whole point you're right the question i think this is the wrong question to ask off the bat the first question is this shouldn't be the first question you should be asking the first question you should be asking which we have addressed already is how the economy works how the system works because once you understand the system once you understand the economy then you understand your place in the economy and once you understand your place in the economy you can deal your cards the way you want to does that make sense Yeah, I guess, but I mean, there's a bit much to ask the average person to understand the entire economy. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, it takes. Um, look, I don't understand a, the entire economy. No, 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 no. But I, I'm not saying understand the entire economy. I'm saying understand the principles on which the economy works. Like recession, what is it? Like inflation, what is it? What's a bear market? What's a, a, a um. Uh, a bull market what what are these things what's the stock market what what happens when stock goes up what happens when a stock comes down what are interest rates like these common questions i believe it or not average joe as you called yourself i don't believe that you are an average joe i think you're an extraordinary joe um uh, from my perspective i don't think most people understand that an average person don't, because they don't spend enough time educating themselves and understand how they have been played and they are being played Uh, and uh, I, i i don't would you say uh, that i don't I, i don't think that average person is being played i think i, think, I mean look okay. at look at how wealthy the average person is now it's crazy that's uh, a poor yeah. person has a smartphone that can take a photo can tell you the weather can tell you where you are can communicate with anyone in the world True. can tell you any information in the world that's you have everything the, at your fingertips yeah, yeah but that's not because the government that's not because the government that's because of the people well, yeah, it uh, no it isn't because it's it's because of the people like Elon Musk because it's people who are innovators who have who have literally come from nothing who had extraordinary ideas who had extraordinary visions they had people behind them that supported their ideas that actually worked with them to make those companies into behemoths that they are today you can't really say that that because That's the go- government does, has not done anything out of somalia uh, why don't we do what sorry Why don't we have Hello? Elon Musk's the Somalian version? Hello. Oh, okay. So, okay, okay. I I get what you mean. You're saying that because, um, look, every country is different. At the end of the day, I'm um, I, I understand where you're coming from. I understand that you're saying that the uh, the but the governments of those countries are corrupt that's why the talent never really comes out from those mm. countries whereas exactly. the governments of our countries are not as corrupt therefore the talent actually grows in our country and our economy Yeah that's I mean saying, I was right? watching a video this is not again this is not answering the question but yeah exactly I was watching a video explaining the kind of precursors or the the necessary things that you need for wealth and developed country mm. and one of them was mm. weather 
So there was a strong correlation okay. between the weather being mild and having having a good economy. The other was a lack of faith-based governments. So basically a not a theocracy and just like a logic-based mm-hmm. government. And then a third one was, um, what was it? I can't remember, but you get the point. These are things that um, you when you're born in a country, if Elon Musk was born in Ethiopia rather than South Africa, then just these mere facts of life mean that he wouldn't have been able to express or potentially become as successful as he is now. And That's so true. it's the governments around him and the factors around him that that, that me- means that we can have Teslas and we can have smartphones and Apple mm-hmm. iPhones and all this nonsense. Not nonsense, a, all these amazing, amazing facts of life. There's a, there's a book called Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, okay? And uh, he talks about Bill okay. Gates. And uh, dude, honestly, mm-hmm. you and I uh, read books, right? I swear, such a good book. It It is so good. Really? Because he talks about uh, Bill Gates and he said, let's look at Bill Gates and how he became successful. And Malcolm Gladwell goes back and sees that Bill Gates, um, this is back in the late 70s, had access to a computer yeah. as a 13-year-old, access to a computer as a 13-year-old. Mm. And he goes, people at that time, he can uh, com- professors of computer science, professors of coding, at that time, at the top universities, did not have that much time or did not even have computers to play around with. And because Bill Gates had come yeah. from a, a, a family or a wealthy background of some sort, that he was absolutely immersed into uh, uh, coding and what is to do with coding. So apparently, mm. and, and he looks in why mm. he did he drop out of university? Why did he drop out of university uh, all of a sudden um, uh, uh, and and started working on Microsoft? How is that possible? And because because from thirteen from age thirteen to age nineteen, he was spending eight hours a day locked onto his computer all day long. So he had um, and he mm. obviously describes the ten thousand hour rule. He goes here. He was already a master before he even got into harvard he was that good yeah. so for him that those lectures at harvard of introduction to coding was completely boring he wanted to do something revolutionary because he had already gone through those so he said th- uh, having these opportunities really make a lot of difference and he goes when he sat down with bill gates bill gates says he did not become who he is today without that period of time so you're 100 right um your background really matters and where you come from 100 matters and where you that and it definitely matters where you end up um but but uh, but yeah. the good thing that he also saw that Bill Gates was very um, acknowledging of that fact. He he not once did he say that I'm a self-made billionaire. He goes, it was because of the people around me mm. that have guided me through to where I am today, and that's why he's such a philanthropist as well, even exactly. now. Uh, so it's yeah. it's it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a, honestly, I, I, we need a great man, honestly. Yeah, we we need we need more people like him, and and and, and there's loads of stories like that. Um, uh, you know how Adidas came into power as well. They looked at Nike, they copied Nike, and they kept on doing it over and over again, over and over again, until they became a sensation. Reebok did the same thing. So you're 100 percent right when you when you talk about um how 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 economies grow but i don't think these countries the countries that you're referring to somalia or india or maybe not india but like african countries when you're when you're referring to these i don't think they encourage mm. entrepreneurship as much as any other as much as uh, the first world countries i don't think they encourage it as much otherwise again like who am i to speak about uh, africa anyway or what kind of com- companies that they have mm. i'm sure they have pools of talents but it never really comes 
comes on to the onto the world market um and we never get to see an african company do extremely well i don't know there are other socioeconomic or political mm-hmm. reasons for it but uh in i think we're 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 kind of going away from the topic of discussion here which was what should you do right now so I, I, i was joe reading do. this exactly the all joe do yeah yeah so this this there's this guy called Jaspreet Singh as he calls himself in minority mindset on youtube okay. he calls it is this how he calls this okay. as a yo-yo recession second okay oh yeah i remember so, you showed me then yeah so yeah so he calls it as a yo-yo recession because it's a really like you said it's a very unique time it is an unprecedented time but not because from a from not just because from a health crisis because we have seen these health crises before when the spanish flu happened in 1920s uh, or ni- late 191910s okay but uh, he calls this a yo-yo recession because of this a funny situation where uh, businesses have um, have not gone bust but the economy has gone down uh people have not lost jobs but they are not working um healthcare sector is not strong but um healthcare is still the it, it, from an economical standpoint healthcare is still booming people are still putting money into pharmaceutical companies um and uh, in terms of uh, people dying uh, the, uh, the the elderly are dying but the young ones and the the middle aged people are surviving so it's a very funny situation where you can't really um pinpoint what the economy is going to do on the back of these four or five facts that i've just told you so so the question or the answer to the question what should you do with your money really depends on what kind of view you have whether you're an optimist or a pessimist i mean what do you think what would you do in this instance uh i i it literally depends how much money you have doesn't it and how much your outgoings are so if you're living in your parents house and you have 30000 pound cash in your bank you should, you should spend that money in you should invest that money uh sometime in the next 6 months because uh the chances are that your money's going to be worth a lot less in 6 months time and the companies are probably going to be worth a lot more in a year and a half's time because obviously there is a bear market at the moment it's a mm-hmm. it's a uh, a bear market at the moment mm-hmm. um and it, we want it to become a bull market and then you pull your money out but the in question words, comes people are, people the the companies are worth the least they will be worth for a lot, for a while mm. for, possibly this, mm. this is the gamble you take and then you hope that in a year and a half time or two and a half or three and a half years time that the economy will pick up again mm. and then you pull your money out then but my question becomes that even this 6 months if somebody has 30000 pounds sitting and they're living in their parents basement or whatever right my question would be yeah. why wouldn't they want to hold on to that money because who knows they might their parents might end up losing their job and they might have to support their family using the 30000 pounds yeah so it's a very very good point so which is why you it's it's a, it's a, it's a individual basis you have to figure out what's likely to happen in terms of how much money you require for rent how much your money require for mortgage have say 6 months money set aside this is general advice regardless of what the markets are doing you should have an emergency fund and so that you you don't have to panic in this time i mean it's, it's too late for most of the but population but the question is most of the population don't have this emergency for, fund for, set up forget it's about not a chance to do that now yeah for but forget about what xyz man's going to do i'm asking you from your perspective obviously you are a married man you are living in an accommodation you're studying you also work so you there's so many dynamics to you as a person if you were to look at mm. your pot 
what do you think mm. you should you would be or should be doing moving forward what are you going to hoard or are you going to spend i'm pretty much i've got enough as an emergency i probably have a couple of thousand above 6 months savings but okay not enough that i'd want to invest it makes because sense because if i never get a job again for example which is a possibility that the spec saver shop that i work in is a possibility that will never open again so that means you'll never get work in a spec saver shop again what kind of a stupid i mean <laughs> way of thinking is that bro no, no, come no, on no but but if 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 it goes bust then i might and i also have to pay university fees as well so there's loads that's of things true. that that's true and i'm not in a my savings are not so much that i feel like oh i can just go ahead and invest in the stock market hmm. because i have more pertinent things to think about meaning the roof over my head the food on my table and just that buffer because be let's say you. okay let's say i spend this money mm-hmm. let's say i spend this money let's mm-hmm. say i spend the entirety of what i have mm-hmm. and then i have no job at the end of it what good is 500 pound a month coming in and you know or whatever it's going to be in mm. stocks and shares in a year and a half two two years time i'll have to take out a loan and then it's unnecessary stress for me Makes and sense. because of the kind of job line that i want to work in i don't want ex- i don't want um stress from outside of my job i just want my life to be as simple as possible and as comfortable as possible outside of work so that work itself because of the stresses that involves it doesn't bother me too much whereas if my well, life is stressful outside of work and inside of work mm. then there's no enjoyment to life and money only goes so far into making you happy doesn't it makes the sense opposite would be true if you had loads of money left over you had you sitting on a pile of cash for some weird reason Mm-hmm. and you had say 4 years savings like you if you would stop working now which you probably are aren't working and you to live off your whatever you have saved up and you've got like 4 years left of 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 rent money and food money etc etc then mm. why would you sit on 4 years worth it's unnecessary so then you should invest in the market the question is when do you invest in the market in other words you have to predict the future and say okay when is it going to go back up and no one knows that for a fact Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where you gamble it essentially is a gamble but it's not a much of a gamble because realistically it will go back up but i want to add something before, before before i let you talk it's just that the different thing i think about this crash is that we're going to see a series of i keep talking about climate change we're going to see a series of more increasingly severe crashes that are relatively predictable but that are unchangeable because mm-hmm. of climate change and i think that's only around the corner i'm not i don't think it's going to be more than two decades away and so we might say if someone wants to invest long term i don't think it's a good idea because but i mean at that point money doesn't matter anyway but there's the world isn't in the best shape unfortunately hmm and i think there's almost as almost bigger issues to talk about than just pure money and pure you know making cash what uh, making cash out of a disaster you know hmm. i think we should be a bit more a humane um, yeah i guess and a bit more conscientious of the world that we live in because the way economy the economy works in general is the productivity that we need to increase productivity increase productivity and stop making things to make money um and uh, if you look around things that fill our houses a lot of it is junk things that we could definitely live without mm. and we're impacting mm. the world in such a negative way that we should balance balance it a bit And I think a way of balancing it rather than just complaining about it is infrastructure similar to what they call, they call them social work doesn't it like it's a very kind of communistic way of thinking of things but 
Mm. I think we should like rebuild things in a beautiful way, in a sustainable way, invest in green, green energy, invest in things that are genuinely useful to humanity and the world, such as investing in paying people to clean up the ocean, paying people to make beautiful buildings, paying mm. people to, you know, to push science forward rather than just buy uh, Apple watches and buying, I don't know. Have you heard of Jack? City. Have you heard you know of Jack? I mean? Yeah. Have you heard of Jack Fresco? No. You've never heard of him. Uh, the the way you no. talk, yeah, about this um, a conscientious, conscientious economy, uh, creating a world where um, we are not just feeding off of it, but putting everything back into it as well, where everything hmm. s- sort of works, and we are not we're not acting as basically viruses on this planet. There's this mm. guy who recently passed away uh, called Jack Fresco. He was 103 years old when he passed away. He came up with his... Uh, in so he's uh, so he's a 103-year-old man, basically, Jack Fresco. And he mm. came up with the idea of resource-based economy, an economy that actually uh, actually builds is built on complete and utter automation. Everybody's completely free and uh, to do whatever they want, and there's no aspect of money involved whatsoever. And he goes, that's the only economy that is not incentivized to to harm the earth. Does that make sense? In uh, to to take from the earth. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to so look this guy up because I find him fascinating. His ideas fascinating because he came up with these ideas when he was a Jack Fresco or Yak Fresco. I think he's French. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just uh, such a fascinating guy because they he left school. um, Early on in his age. And uh, since then, he's he calls himself a social engineer. Um, and an American futurist. That's what they. That's what he calls himself. So mm-hmm. the whole point of uh, having this whole discussion for an hour long discussion is to is to for us to look because you mentioned alternatives is for us to look at alternatives and try and find out what can we do he said imagine a house that you can build from complete robots so you don't need laborers. So you can just program the robot mm. just to build a house. Imagine rather than pumping, um, uh, rather than pumping a petrol or uh, uh, um, uh, any sort of oil into tr- into running engines in, in trains or in factories, you make maglev trains uh, uh, that can cover vast distances in a matter of minutes. And uh, Virgin actually has taken up on that project where they're actually working in India, uh, where they're going from where you'll be, they'll be able to cover five and a half hours of distance in half an hour or in 20 minutes. That project is still going on in India right now. And Virgin has taken up that project right now. So these revolutionary mm, yeah. ideas this guy had and imagine having an economy that runs like and these these trains are automatic uh, these buildings these uh, these automate 3d printers all of these ideas are completely automatic imagine a whole economy that's completely based on that so you don't need people to work for for anything whatsoever the only thing that you probably need the only people that you probably need would be bureaucrats people who you'd you'd need for discussions diplomats uh, people po- maybe politicians isn't true currently it isn't what true what you're suggesting is that is it a future potential? Not a yeah. That's potential. what that's what he wanted. That's what, and some people actually supported him as well. But for some reason, like you said, uh, for uh, the idea of electric car was a taboo uh, when it came to uh, when it came to came to tackling uh, um, industry giants who were who were 
dependent on fuels uh, of uh, fossil fuels and uh, who are dependent on crude oil basically okay so uh, so so they will always be against the idea of uh, free moving economy an economy or resource based economy because it does not incentivize incentivize the people who are right at the top it does not benefit them whatsoever and because they those people who have a lot of money they can suppress these voices as much as they want and more people no, common people don't know about these these voices more they they are not unable to think that there are any other alternatives that's the issue i agree uh, I, there's definitely an issue of uh big companies lobbying certain political parties and that's a definite issue in the UK and as well as in especially in the the, the USA where it costs billions to run a campaign to become president and that that mere fact that it costs billions is counterproductive because it means that the rich are exclusively influential whereas the average person isn't so influential and because you have to remember people vote that most people are we we overestimate the intelligence of the average person unfortunately and mm. um they will vote whoever the news and whoever uh facebook and whoever the whoever they're influenced to vote for rather than rationalize who they should vote for mm. so if you if, it's a big basically it's a problem isn't it that yep. big businesses have such big influence over let, let me tell you based of off of this because it's necessarily going to go into their their, their favor Hmm. Let me tell you, based off of this, what you've just said, right? What is uh, the the government doing right now? What is the American government doing right now? So, American government um, is exclusively after printing two trillion dollars out of thin air and pumping that into the economy and trying to kind of revive or rehabilitate the, the 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 job market or the or the or the or the stock market. They also said that they will do seven hundred billion dollars of quantitative easing okay uh, which 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 basically means that they will try and bail out certain companies and certain uh, issue but then after 700 billion they realized even that money is too low 700 billion is too low for these guys so they said they will do unlimited quantitative easing the fed will do fed which isn't a government organization which is completely private mm. we just hope them they we just hope that they will work ethically but uh, obviously they're not accountable to anyone right just like a news media outlet is not accountable to anyone they can print whatever they want these fed who can print out of money they can print out as much money as they want they're not accountable to anyone they they are printing uh, they they have said that they yeah. will do unlimited quantitative easing and they said the reason they will do that is because they are specifically buying or or i should say bailing out certain etfs certain etfs are exchange traded funds certain bonds that aren't accessible to normal public so let me explain what that means that means that there are certain okay. types of stocks that only really ultra 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 rich men with ultra ultra rich um equities and uh, can can buy as a certain people who are um people who are extremely powerful they can only buy these funds okay for example let me give you an example okay. when aston martin uh, first released their um their um their sheets or at first they made their company go public when aston martin made their company go public for the very first time they said that they will not yeah. give a public straight away they will not give public to buy shares what they will do is they will have an internal bidding where people who are inside at the top of the company will have selective opportunity to buy small amount of shares at a lower price than the public before it even goes on to the public so it's kind of like the same system where the rich 
it can get richer by playing the system and the government so i was re- reading who 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 actually owns these exchange traded funds etfs who owns these bonds mm. who owns these specific stocks people who are ultra ultra rich so bank of america owns them morgan stanley owns them uh, uh, fisher asset management owns them these large banking institutions um th- who who are actually to be honest with you who are the ones that are actually controlling the federal reserves actually own those so, so what i'm trying to say is that these people who who might lose money who may have lost money are not losing money because the, the fed yeah by pumping in the money to to fakely or or uh, i just i don't know how to use the word to artificially revive the economy and and people don't even know about it at mm. all people mm. and you obviously an, an average joe mm. cannot uh benefit from this because average joe cannot buy those stocks they're not allowed to so this is the yeah. sort of situation that, that that we're in right now with where we are being played and having a resource based economy is a great solution but uh, it's it's a long term great solution it's a mm-hmm. great vision to have it's a great vision to work towards and um, I, probably why I, I probably why you have gone into electric cars and i think slowly slowly we're moving away from uh, uh, crude oil and uh, uh, non renewable resource energy to more renewable sources of energy and i think that's a great step but at the same time what the question mm. should become what should an average joe do immediately right now what should they be doing and what you've said kind of makes sense that uh, 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 if you have loads of money invest it if you don't have mo- loads of money just uh, keep hold, hold hold on to it until it lasts you uh, as long as it can last you basically anything else that you want to say yeah i think it's on really- on the back of that I think that's relative co- common sense, really. I don't think anyone will want to invest in shares if they have zero pounds in their bank account. It doesn't make much sense. I mean, there's there's a you say that, but that then you could take does that make me an idiot? Then does that make me an idiot? Then because what I told you the other day that what, I you want to take in... out a loan? No, no, no. I I never said that. I had four grand sitting in my bank account mm-hmm. when I uh, and uh, well, I had about. Yeah, uh, yeah, liquid four to five grand sitting okay. in my bank account, and I spent four grand of yeah. that just buying stocks and shares. So I just threw that money into the into the stocks stock yeah, market. The difference so between I can... you and the average person, well, I guess it's not true actually because you do pay your rent as well. Um, exactly. Does that make you an idiot? It makes you a gambler. Doesn't make you an idiot necessarily. Oh, a gambler. Okay, fair. Yeah. Uh, but what if I was to tell you that I I'm supposed to win that g- gamble no matter what? Well, that's how good the no bet is. No one goes into a gamble intending to lose. No, people take people. Some people just take the gamble because they are not sure whether they're going to lose or win. They just hope they're going to win. I'm saying that I guarantee you that I'm going to win, unless I die. That is okay. Okay, yeah, I, I read. I pretty much agree with you. But the question is, will you will will you win soon enough? or will you need the four grand before you that's a great question profits? brilliant question that's the question you should be asking as in everybody should be asking themselves do i need the money right now is the question they should be asking if mm. you don't need the money yes you need to invest it and the question then becomes where do you invest it and if you don't need them if you do need the money then i would say uh cut down your expenditure as much as possible don't um don't go on ebay just because you're bored and you're going to end up buying stuff don't do that <laughs> uh, rather than uh, mm. spend that money or uh, keep a close eye on your money and see how much you're exp- i think so one thing people definitely need to do i think every one of us should, should need to do just it, it takes literally 10 minutes sit down and find out every month how much am i spending how, what are my outgoings every single month and once you do that you know what mm. your 
what what money you need to spend every single month and whatever goes on top of that you can easily invest that into well now the the, the question answer to that question comes in where do i uh, where do i put, put that money my initial uh, um goal my initial inclination is in two things property if you've got a lump sum mm. put it into property or gold buy loads of gold because whenever recession comes historically gold shoots up gold and silver always mm. shoots up so mike maloney talks about before this before the recession or during the recession it, or even the during recession. the so so as soon as the recession is looming remember it's six month period so the six month period from the yeah. month one to month six right there's this period where people are like okay recession is coming recession is coming recession is coming what do we do what do we do what do we do this is the period people are going through right now this is this period so this period is a period of opportunity mm. so whatever money you have you put it into assets which are which which would which would not make your money's value go any down uh, any further down basically so the plan is to mm. put it in gold because gold uh, tends to hold its value when there is no inflation whatsoever so if anything it shoots mm. up when there is recession because people trust in gold more than they do in businesses which are bound to fail does that make sense so if yeah. i know that the airline's going to flop why would i put my money into an airline because i know people are not going to travel because they're sitting inside i'd rather put that money into gold mm. because i know there's gold is in finite amount and i know it's going to go up however go on you have to predict the curve then don't you so if gold is going up then this is a bad time to buy gold yeah that's if true if gold is going down and you buy it at its bottom then it goes up and then yeah, you but, make profit so, so you don't make profit you, of buying something expensive. great question if great 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 statement but if you were to look at gold prices right now they ha- if they have not peaked right now and you they say you cannot time the market you, you cannot time the market exactly. ever so either you can buy as soon as it's just going up or it's just coming down so it's completely up to you when you buy but the whole point is if you look you should you and i zara especially you and i have nothing to worry about because we are shooting for the long term i am the sort of guy who invest and i forget about my investments they're there i don't care like there are days where i don't even open my own. i'm a passive investor and whenever i open them because mm. i i i i i specifically invest into index funds my investments have grown by 30 to 40% and i keep on saying this to people That's people awesome, don't man. i know Uh, and P- government right now if you read about it have loads of schemes where they're encouraging people to invest and more you invest government gives you your money back so if i'm a taxpayer which i am if i am giving tax to the mm. government i can reclaim all of that money back from the government um not all of it but a portion of it back from the government by investing that investing my salary into stocks and shares through their schemes like the isa scheme that we you and i were talking about before mm. and in in america they have iras roth ira so you can easily take take advantages of that so there's so many like incentives but it's just all about education 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 so uh, getting uh, familiarizing yourself with these sort of aspects these sort of ideas and uh, and and getting comfortable with it and i know a lot of people don't and that's why they suffer and that's why we're all suffering right now lack of education i mean i personally haven't dabbled into stocks and shares i did you have not uh, dabbled into any, anything or, you know, the only yep yeah, yeah but the only thing you've ever dabbled into is the property and you've got the property which is fantastic but yeah. I, i would still suggest that if you were to sit down and if, look look let me ask you right now what are your expenditures for, if, monthly expenditures how much are you spending so on i pay rent okay fine so i don't i i can tell i know what I I don't know off the top of my head everything I basically I haven't counted 
But if I were to say about a grand, other than a rough count, about a grand, yeah, about a grand, yeah, so Maybe less than a grand. Okay, exactly, exactly, less than a grand, bro. And um, so, so, uh, so, if you were to tell me that, if you were to, if you let's let's be op- over optimistic, let's say twelve hundred pounds, you're spending twelve hundred pounds okay. now, right? Not a grand, okay? Mm. So let's times that by okay. six. Yeah, that's seven thousand two hundred pounds. So you need seven thousand two hundred pounds. Anything above that is your play. Play with that. Uh, play as mm. in invested either for long term or uh, you can invest it for short term into specific pharmaceutical. Okay, I'm not saying. I'm I'm saying if you do, okay. You're talking about me in particular. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm saying if you do, you can do that, and and you can even if you want to invest into short term, I'd suggest go investing into Moderna, which is a pharmaceutical company right now, uh, which are making a vaccine which has become very successful and gone on to human trials right now, which is uh, um, I think their vaccine is called RNA one two seven three, so it's it's becoming a real sensation. So people are still dabbling into stocks and shares even now so i would mm. again i'm not i'm not this dude who i uh, don't take my advice as like i'm i'm not an fca approved um person <laughs> i'm not going to i'm not i'm not yeah. i'm not suggesting that you should do but i'm saying whatever you need to do you need to do it quick because this is an opportunity and it will go away and that's the whole point mm, of i agree with that thing. i agree with that this is a prime opportunity for wealthy people to make a lot of wealth. They you said know, in 2008, the, in, in two, this, there's a guy called Andreas, I can't remember his full name. He owns a chains of hotels. He's a billionaire now. Uh, he said he, back in, the, in 2007, I think I did t- tell you about this. He owned uh, UK's most real estates in the UK. I think he had about 600, 700 houses. Or at one point, he had, probably had a thousand houses. I can't remember. But just before the recession, he sold them all. And became a billionaire. And when the recession came, mm. yeah, he bought loads of hotels. Yeah. Now he's a billionaire who runs loads of hotel chains. I think either Crown Plaza or Premier Inn, one of those chains are his own. And his kids are basically mm. running for him. So he's like a middle-aged man now. But like he, when they say when these kind of recession comes, uh, a normal poor person, if they are educated, poor person, educated, broke person, uh, makes becomes a millionaire. A millionaire becomes a multi-millionaire, and a multi-millionaire becomes a billionaire, and a billionaire becomes a multi-billionaire because they know what they are doing with mm. their money, and that's what education yeah. does to you, man. That's what that's what that's what I'm doing. It's right not now. just education, though. I mean, education helps, but you have to also be in. The stars kind of have to align for you, you know, because like I. If I had loads of money right now, obviously I'd be investing it, but I just don't have that money. And it's because I, I, I opted to invest in a different way. I decided to invest in my education. And let's say I didn't work as an optician, so I didn't have any money at all. Then what? Well, I could know all these things, but it wouldn't make a difference to me. I would have to have money Tony, to begin Tony with. Robbins say, or says a very good thing. I always, when What you're talking about is literally what he says. He says, knowledge is potential power. Knowledge isn't power. He says, knowledge is not power. So whenever somebody, mm. somebody says, knowledge is power, is is bullshit, basically. It's potential power. It's what you do with that knowledge that matters. It's the what you do after mm. you've gained the knowledge. It's the action that matters. So your action dictates yeah. your future. So uh, because you took an action to study medicine, you're doing something noble. Mm. And I'm sure there'll they'll be a reward for it. But I'm saying, Zada, if you were to play the long game, there's nothing for you to worry about. Um, who's to say? Mm. Are you kidding me? You're, you're telling me that people won't need eye checks uh, for the next six months? People won't need that sort That's of... That's what I'm saying. 
I'm saying my investments have been uh, in a different format to yours. So you're thinking of pure money, whereas I'm thinking of uh, a need. So am I? Will I be useful if climate change happens? I think yes. Will I be useful if I don't know if the economy, if the massive recession happens? Yes. Which is why I did I did medicine as not just for nobility's sake or not just for like morality's sake, but also for usefulness as practical applications to the, to my job. And I think it will always be necessary. And therefore, I should, in theory, always get be paid well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Or at that's, least uh, mediumly well. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're basically. Yeah, you're saying. Yes. You're basically saying that uh, you're you'll be based on your value in the economy. That's what you're saying. Um, and exactly. whatever you bring to the table and you're right but at the end yeah. of the day in the same in the same economy if i am the person with the money i am able mm. to make decisions where other people are not able to make those decisions if you know what i mean i'm i'm able to benefit mm-hmm. the, the uh, even in a recession i'm able to benefit people using the money that i have so from a money perspective mm-hmm. it does add up you, i know that you're saying that i'm purely thinking from a money perspective but i'm saying i'm saying that no, I'm without not, I'm not criticizing you okay i'm just saying that we have different approaches to the same problem well to a similar problem anyway yeah but the thing is you Meaning, keep um, uh, uh, we both want to be going... we both want to be rich mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. well i don't want to be rich necessarily i just want to be like comfortable I'm gonna. Uh, I want to be rich, man. I'm not even. No, no. I want to be. I rich. think you, I'm not even I don't. I, I know you well enough that I think you don't want to be rich. It, I think I your think definition and my definition of rich is different. <laughs> I think you, oh, my, your definition. Okay, there's a question for you. Here's, here's the question on. for you. What Go do you on. actually want? So let's say, let's say you were. I don't know. You could choose any job right now. And you didn't have to do anything mm-hmm. for it. You just had to walk into mm-hmm. the job and do it. And you get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's say the jobs get increasingly harder the more you get paid. So you could be a cleaner and get paid, let's say, ten grand a year. You could be a doctor okay. and get paid a hundred grand a year. You uh-huh. could be like the head of MI five and get paid five hundred grand a year. But each mm-hmm. job is exclusive, like increasingly difficult. Where mm-hmm. would you draw the cutoff point? That's a great. Like what, question. How much money do you want? That's a great question. I think uh, on that scale, uh, like I think now you'll be pleasantly. You won't be surprised if I if by my answer if I tell you, uh, uh, on that scale, yeah. I would particularly choose um, a profession where I can bring in most value. That's where I, that's the profession I'll pick. Mm. I'll pick a profession where where I can benefit the system the most from the work. Doesn't matter how hard the work is. I'll I won't look at that. I'll look yeah. at where. A, where my expertise are, I, what I'm maybe for example, you don't care I how hard it is. Say again. So you don't care how hard you work every day. Uh, to be honest with you, okay, after a certain threshold, I, uh, that would matter to me. Mm. Um, I think that threshold have mm. already been established is at fifty grand in the UK, fifty thousand pounds. So if you're if you're earning over fifty thousand mm. pounds, you're 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 classed as comfortable in the UK. So if I'm if I'm earning okay. more than fifty grand and my job is fairly simple, people just don't want to do any more work than that anyway. But my I look yeah. at the amount of value that I can bring to 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 a system. How do I? What do I need to do to make sure that I bring in the most amount of value? Um, it doesn't matter how hard it is because my thinking, like remember, I told can you. Can I stop this. you now? Can I stop you now? Go on, go on. So in other words, you don't want to be rich. How so? 
that I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna answer because, because I was gonna, I, I was gonna carry on answering this question because the remember I what I said. Remember you and I had this talk as well, uh, and you said, um, I said, uh, um, Zada, I've got so much work to do, and then you were like, okay. Um, what, have you done any? And I was like, Nah, I got somebody else to do it. So what I would do in that economy, I will, oh, yeah, yeah. I will get, I'll get people to, I'll use my money to get people to work those at, at those different levels, to and and I'll profit from but it. To do what exactly? Whatever job that they can do, if you know what I mean. So I'll set up a, a company, for example, mm-hmm. where I will fill in those roles by hiring competent people. Because from my perspective, I don't think I'm that competent. I'm, maybe I'm good at talk, talking, but I bring value by joining you're people, talking about by bringing value. together ideas. You're not, you're not talking about what value, what, what, okay, fine. So you just want other people to, to think of the, the problems to solve and you just facilitate that problem solving. Yeah, I, I not think of Rather the problem than actually solve. thinking of the problem itself. No, uh, problems are always there. Problems from an economical standpoint uh, will always be there. My job is to find the correct people with the best, best expertise to do that job because I don't think I have the best expertise with where I am, I am right now. I'm, I can't be a good doctor. I, um, I can't be a good MI5 agent, if you want to, or I can't be a good cleaner. I can't be the best cleaner. So my whole point is to grab the best people possible and put them all together. And hence why I have this platform. So you want to run the country? Maybe. Oh, so you're, you're essentially saying am I a politician? No, I'm an entrepreneur. That's what I am. Mm. Most entrepreneurs, they start off small and they start off with a problem to solve don't they they do yep. i mean most people can organize themselves i'd say fairly well to 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 sort an issue out and they just crack on with it and do it you mean you mean entrepreneurs um, when you said people you meant entrepreneurs no like just an average person can sort out most of the problems in their life if they wanted in, in, to yeah, that's correct in okay. their life in their so they associate the problems to themselves yeah. uh there's a book called uh ways of a superior man by david data and he talks about it like there's three mm-hmm. stages to man the first stage is that a man only thinks about himself like it's me give me more money more cars more houses mm-hmm. everything's about me the second stage of man is mm-hmm. about uh, he sets up charities he understands that there's something bigger so because he's acquired all that wealth he want to pass that on to other people to new generations to leave a legacy essentially and the third person he goes that's the yeah. best person because he's he believes that everything's about change everything will be destroyed everything is entropy because everything is going towards disorder mm. whatever you're going to build is going to be destroyed so if you have that in your head and you go through life, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to give my all my heart, knowing that it would not yeah. stay there for the rest of its life. And you know about the three generational wealth uh, cycle, don't you? That uh, if yeah, you yeah, generate yeah. wealth right now, mm. it will stay in your generation uh, and the next generation and the generation after that. And after that, it'll go straight down to zero. So in order to sustain that, yeah. uh, you have to you have to obviously instill that. Why though? What what is a what is a fundamental reason for collecting money? I mean, money is ultimately power, isn't it? Meaning, what money physically does is is it says, "I give you this piece of paper, mm-hmm. therefore I want you to do me a favor." Yeah, which costs right? 10, 10, 10 pence to, to make. Yeah, but forget that. It signifies power, doesn't it? So, True. I give you a thousand pounds, therefore I want you to ha- hand build me a bike. Why would someone hand build your bike otherwise, other than for the money, right? So the question is, who cares about 
power. Why do you want to give your progeny power? Is what I'm trying to ask you. Why? Why? Oh, uh, why wouldn't I want to give my? Because with having money or having power allows my progeny to make or 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 allow them to have more decisions. So, uh, so if if my progeny uh, or my kids tomorrow wants to go uh, to Harvard or wants to uh, mm. wants to teach kids in Tanzania and they don't have the money mm. to do that, m- my money will allow them to do that basically. So money gives you more choices basically. So having di- different mm. sort of money. Okay, let me stop you. Go on. What what makes you think that your kids will be um, like? the best of people they won't be but uh, Why, like i'm not saying that they will i'm not saying mm. that they will be uh, uh, and and the way you say the best of people you have to quantify what best means your best and my best will be different mm. do you understand my best that's will, what i'm trying to get at i'm trying to say what exactly do you want your kids to do benefit what the problems world? you want them to solve in the world it's, it's up to them but they have to solve look i always i always say to myself and to everybody who even my students as well that you said the fact that you can speak the fact that you can critically think the fact that your brain works differently from a tree or a monkey or a dolphin or or an ant is means that there there is something more to you there you have mm. or and so all of us have a collective responsibility of some kind it's your job to find out what your purpose is in life i am not the one to give you that purpose my job is to give you the confidence to find that purpose for yourself that's my that's my job and mm. that's what i'm trying to do through, through this podcast i mean i i commend you you have found your purpose yeah sorry carry on no 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 I, I, I carry on it's fine i i, I enjoyed listening to you go on sorry i'd say you you say I found my purpose, but it's changed, hasn't it? In the last five, six years, before I was obsessed with becoming a doctor and like mm-hmm. figuring out my niche in medicine. Now mm-hmm. I realize that there's bigger problems in the world than one by one um, treating an individual one by one because you're not mm-hmm. really changing the course of their life very much, mm-hmm. unless you're a surgeon, because then you can you can permanently fix problems. But most most things are like. Social problems, like for example, the homeless person. If you, if they have a, a popped like a, a, an ulcer on their leg, for example, let's keep it simple, mm-hmm. and you bandage it and you heal that uh, that ulcer, you give them antibiotics, fine. Mm-hmm. They're only going to inject themselves tomorrow with another with a uh, with another drug, and mm-hmm. so or or get cut up or beat up on the street by another person. Mm-hmm. So you're not really solving the problem. I realize that in medicine, like. Um, mm-hmm. The scientists are the curers. We just apply that. We just give the. We just yep. give the medicine. We just yep. kind of. Mem- anyway, I've, I've talked about this excessively. But what I realized is a bigger problem isn't just human suffering, but animal suffering and life, the suffering of the entirety of life on this planet. And I feel like climate change is um, going to cause that to skyrocket, and that's much more. If my if my if I'm going to be philosophically consistent, if I'm going to be consistent with my logic, mm-hmm. then surely I should focus my efforts on that rather than on just treating humans and not even humanity as a whole, but one by one basis. It makes more sense to focus on the entirety of life on Earth. Makes sense, which is why I think. It, but keeping awareness of your thought process and having a thought process is important because then you can you can actually deal with problems. But on top of that. You always have to make sure that your own house is in order. You can't starve and help people. You're right. It doesn't work. This that is way. why. This is why. 
You're 100% right. But this is why Jack Fresco came in the idea. He said, imagine you have an economy that is not incentivized on money. Everybody gets their food. Everybody has the universal basic income that you were referring to earlier. Basically, everybody is is fully fed. Now they start mm. being more creative. Now they start thinking away from their feeding their own family and getting by throughout this day and really creating something yeah. more tangible and benefiting the system because they are starting to... So do you believe in UBI now? To be honest with you, Universal basic this the, again, it's a concept that uh, it's it's a difficult concept for me to fully grasp on. I think uh, every person is different. Uh, I it is it, again, we have not seen. I need to see more evidence to believe it. Believe it or not, I I believe that mm. we should have a system where there is no money. That's what I believe in. Okay, I believe in the idea of Jack Fresco, where you we should automate everything and everything because everything comes from Earth, like these fruits. And these vegetables, and we should not consume yeah. animals. Believe it or not, can you believe I'm saying that? Mm. Uh, and we should, okay. uh, and we should, we should, we should really be more mindful of what we are doing to our atmosphere, to our environment. And obviously, these things matter. But uh, to an average man who is living in Somalia or uh, Pakistan or India, he doesn't care about this. He needs to worry about how is he going to put food on the table for his children. Exactly. exactly. So, so there are two problems here. One, which is an imminent threat that you're referring to, which is global warming. And two, how do we, how do we make sure that that man can feed his, his family? So, so I'm approaching, mm. I'm approaching one problem. You're approaching the other. I'm thinking, how is that gonna? Is that, that my my plan is to set up a company where that man can have a job, that man can earn, and then he can feed his family. Your your solution is that Did you know that no one actually knows the answer. Of, of to what that's the problem to to the to to like eliminating poverty and things like that no one actually knows for sure what will help there's ideas for example that one of the biggest um suppressors of wealth is um having uh, international borders and the lack of freedom of movement because yeah. then people can advantage themselves off places where they need they need it so if someone's really clever in Somalia and they they're like the next Elon Musk. They know it's no good them staying in Somalia. They should go to California. But if there's immigration processes and all these problems stopping them, then they essentially can't. And so productivity is diminished because Elon Musk is now stuck in a village in Somalia. Interesting. Um, and also it's unfair as well. It's it's very complicated. But then another theory is that if we give everyone money, and then uh, people who are clever will manage to accumulate it again and they will have the normalization curve where yeah, yeah. people in the yep, uh, yep. People who are most clever will get all the money they, again and people who are that. less clever will lose they all said, the money. You're right. They said, yeah, it, they said, imagine you were to erase all the money from this earth right now. And he said, you'll, or yeah. you will to trickle down all the money so that everyone has exactly the same amount of money. And you will see in a couple mm-hmm. of years time, it will go back to where it was f- before because people who were, yeah. Uh, who who understands the idea of how money flows, monetary economics, will mm. be able to gain that money rather quickly. And people who do not understand, they say money tends to go to 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 the ones who value it most. Money tends to 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 flow to to the ones who value it most. Always remember this. So it it's it's a mm. it's a great um, 
great quote that always sticks in my head that if you don't value money if you don't value its uh, its 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 use in your life the fact that you eat because mm. of the fact that you're you're exchanging in this money and this worthless currency uh technically to call it mm. money is an abomination it's not even money it's currency because it doesn't have any real value it's fiat so, um mm. but the whole point is that people don't understand this this is what i'm saying having this basic understanding and you were asking me about this before as well says so how simplistic can we get with this i mean how simplistic do you want to make this podcast i said to you i want to drive this down as to to it as basic as possible so people try and understand that 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 how a, how a normal economy works how does a company work people don't understand that i mean we i was having this discussion with one of my other friends bilal who is an engineer i'm sure you heard the uh, uh, you heard the podcast yeah. um he literally says that people don't even know why they are working in the sector that they are working in they people go to 9 to 5 do their job mm-hmm. and they go home and they don't think left right and center about yeah. it they don't think anything other than that about it. they don't understand the reason why that job was actually created within that company they don't think outside of that yeah, and when it comes true. to times like this when it comes to times like this they lose their job quicker than anybody else because they did not think outside mm. the box and do those are the people that need to need mm. to, that should be worried those are the people that should be concerned about their about their future basically yeah, but it's is where do we start though and like or is everyone equal is everyone inter- intellectually the same i'd say no i think people have a variety of of levels of intelligence and therefore you can't expect people to understand the world in the same way it's it's unreasonable to expect that it's impossible to come to that nobody nobody i'm not i'm not i'm not expecting it to but i would I, i would you know what i'm expecting them to do which everybody can do and everybody should do everybody has the capabilities to do is to try okay that's what i expect them mm-hmm. to do i expect them to give a shot but they don't it's willful ignorance that's what it is that's what boggles my mind that's what grinds my gears mm-hmm. i don't have any other problem <laughs> you know so i don't have any yeah, other yeah. problem i think we've talked long enough and uh, i appreciate you coming on because yeah. i swear to god ha- without yeah. talking to you i wouldn't been able to get these ideas off my head and uh, i honestly talked so much mm. and uh, shared so many ideas with you it was generally a fascinating um yeah i agree. discussion I, agree. i have a I have a suggestion for next for next uh, yeah i was going to say uh, before you do that before you do that i was going to say from now on we will be we uh, zara and i until the time until we are out of this lock a uh, lock lock down hey, don't I, promise this i have i no no i will, no 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 this is this is happening what it's just once a week man just do it so he zada and i will meet up every once every week and we will talk about any issues that you want us to talk about on this uh, topic on or any other topic to do with these crises uh so just drop me a dm on my instagram uh or facebook or youtube wherever you want to find me or visit my website vitaleducators.com zada you were going to say something sorry i i interrupted you i was going to say i i think we should uh, uh discuss what problems in the world we want to solve in the next podcast like what are, what is our, our purpose okay. in life basically individually sure 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 yeah that's fine nice that's chat. a good idea 
that's that's fantastic let's talk about that we'll do that next week i'll publish it publish this episode this week i'll probably divide it into two parts part 1 and part 2 and uh yeah we'll take it from there thank you so much for coming i really appreciate it and uh, i honestly cannot thank you enough for doing this because it really first of all it really calms my head because i feel like i have so much in my brain that i want to get out mm-hmm. and i just don't know how to do it and uh, you are an, mm-hmm. a fantastic human being because i don't know what i'll do without you so <laughs> thank you so much man okay all right i'll thank see you, you in the next one Bye. buddy all right cheers thank you for listening see take you. care bye bye this was vital educators podcast by amit saki hope you enjoyed please follow or subscribe for more content every week